G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. With all of the terrible events that seem to be sweeping the globe at the moment, you and I, well, we can feel so powerless to make a difference. But would it surprise you to know that right now, you are filled with more power than you can ever imagine. Power to make a real difference. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today, we're continuing with the next message in this series called When the Lion Roars to discover the power that God has already given you. And please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about the powerful prayer that could be coming your way to help you through whatever it is that you happen to be dealing with in your life just at the moment. Yeah, a few people have commented to me, Bernie, it is a bit of a weird name for a series of messages, When the Lion Roars. Normally you talk about stuff happening in our own lives, down to earth, real life stuff, but now you've kind of zoomed out to look at events sweeping across the globe. Yeah, that's true, that's exactly what I've done. Many people are concerned, even fearful, over global events. Terrorism, which unlike the superpowers slugging it out during the Cold War, can strike very close to home. The rise of religious extremism, in particular the rise and rise of Islam, which seems to be impacting hitherto so-called Western countries in detrimental ways. The rise of secularism, which is impacting on the religious freedom of Christians. I saw a news article just recently where two Christians in the US were fined $13,000 for refusing to host a same-sex wedding at their reception centre. Things are certainly changing. Things are sweeping across the globe, which are scaring a lot of middle-class people who have lived safely in the comforts that their freedom affords for generations. Okay, there have been wars and depressions and recessions, but there's something different about what's going on in the world today, at least in the Western world. It feels more insidious. It feels more threatening than before. It's closer to home. A tide has turned, and whereas before Christianity represented, if not the default religion, then certainly the default basis for the morals and the rule of law, that is less and less becoming the case. And people are worried. And in the middle of all that, Bernie comes along with this crazy series of messages called When the Lion Roars. Well, I'm hoping that it ain't quite as crazy as it appears, because that title makes reference to a passage of Scripture in the book of Revelation, the one book of the Bible that comprehensively, beyond any shadow of any doubt, tells us exactly how all this stuff is going to end in the end. Have a listen. Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one, no one in heaven nor in earth or under the earth, was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. 
Then one of the elders said to me, don't weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb standing as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of saints. Anyway, on it goes to describe the power and the might of Jesus as he brings history to an end as all of creation bows down to him. Yeah, okay, it's written in rather vivid picture language, something that in our culture we're perhaps not quite used to. But the point is that in the end, Jesus wins. In fact, he already has, and we're simply waiting for the end to come. And the truth be known, Jesus foretold great persecutions before the end, exactly what's happening now. So let me ask you, why are we surprised exactly? I know that may sound a bit off-handed, particularly to those suffering persecution right now, and there are plenty of those people listening in today. But in the end, Jesus wins. He won actually on that cross and through the empty tomb when he rose again 2,000 years ago. One of the great litmus tests for how people see the world these days is social media. And as you can imagine, I connect with more than a few people who would call themselves Christians on Facebook and Twitter, and I receive a lot of emails from people from the four corners of the earth. And one of the very clear trends that I sense in all of that communication is a sense of foreboding, of fear, and in some cases of desperation. And a big factor in that is that people feel that they've lost control of global events. People feel that there's nothing they can do. And when I say to them, well, you can pray, to many that feels like a cop-out. And my response to that is, really? Prayer a cop-out? Yeah, sure, they say. It seems like a feeble response to the terrible things going on in this world. And so my answer to that is quite simply this. If in the face of some terrible calamity, some terrible out-of-control force sweeping your life or indeed the globe, if in that place you are completely and utterly powerless to do anything, anything except pray, then in your prayer, through your prayer, you've already done the single most powerful thing that you will ever be able to do on this earth. Listen to Jesus. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. John chapter 15, verse 7. Here's the thing. When you and I pray, it's not about the eloquence of our prayer. It's not about the size of our faith. It's not even about how big the problem is that we're praying into. No, it's, it's not about any of those things. When you and I pray, it's about the power, the might, the love, the compassion of the God to whom we pray. It's about the right standing that Jesus has purchased for us on that cross, which is why we ask in his name. It's about God joining hands with us through our prayer to see his will being done on this earth as it is in heaven. I wonder how different this earth would be if you and I got really serious about that sort of prayer. I, I just wonder. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. Just as we take this short break, I'd like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, 
we would absolutely love to pray for you. Because the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could also pray for one or two others and leave them a word or two of encouragement. You can be such a mighty blessing to so many others by supporting them in this way. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So please, let us pray for you and with you, and let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. All right, let's head back into God's Word to see what else He has for us today. Yeah, I know that this world is crazy out of control. And I know that you and I are infinitesimally small blips in the sweep of world events and history. And I know that you and I can feel powerless to change even the course of a single life, let alone the history of the world. But any person... Any man, woman or child who belongs to Jesus is filled with a power, the power of the Holy Spirit, which is so much more than anything that we can ever imagine, that we can have a huge impact in this world. So why don't we? Well, in part, it's because those of us who believe in Jesus don't have a really good handle on the immeasurable greatness of his power that he's placed within us. I want to share a story with you today, just something that came up as I was reading my Bible in my quiet time yesterday, a story that really leapt off the pages and into my heart. It happens after Jesus has ascended into heaven, and the apostles are busy kicking off this new thing that today we call the church. Stephen has just been stoned to death, egged on by Saul, who later became the apostle Paul, And through this great persecution, the believers in Jerusalem flee and they're scattered throughout the known world. As a result of that great persecution, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, starts to spread. In particular, a guy called Philip ends up in a place called Samaria. Now, the Samaritans were the sworn enemies of the Jews, related, but they were considered to be the dregs. And Philip proclaims the gospel to them and they accept Jesus Christ as their saviour. Here's what happens next, Acts chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that this whole thing of receiving the Holy Spirit, whether it happens at the moment you believe in Jesus or at some later time, has been the source of such great division across the church. Just quietly, what I see in the Bible is that sometimes receiving the Holy Spirit happens at the moment you believe, as it did for Cornelius and his family. You can read about them in Acts chapter 10. And other times, it happens at a later point in time. Do I believe that everybody who believes in Jesus 
has the Spirit in them? Yes, I do. Because that's what the Bible says, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But if you ask me, has everybody who has the Holy Spirit received the Holy Spirit? Then my answer would be no. Because it's as plain as the nose on my face that there are a whole bunch of people who call themselves Christians who haven't received the Holy Spirit into their lives. The Holy Spirit brings the power to be holy. The Holy Spirit brings the power to be patient. The Holy Spirit brings peace and faith and hope and generosity. And the list goes on. Now, am I suggesting that everybody who has received the Holy Spirit is perfect? No, not at all. I have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and yet I fall short of the glory of God every day of my life. What's different about me, though, now is that my heart yearns to honour God. I don't always do that, but in my heart, I long to please Him and to honour Him. That's what's changed for me after I received the Holy Spirit. I know at this point, some people are thinking, Bernie, are you getting getting all Pentecostal or charismatic on us? You know what? I don't like labels. I just want to open the Bible and share with you what's in it. And in this case, when Peter and John laid hands on these Samaritans and they received the Holy Spirit, the tense of the original Greek verb, received, tells us that it's repeated. It's an ongoing, continual action, not a one-time event. In other words, they went on receiving the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. I, for one, need to keep on receiving the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. Because if he overflows out of me into the lives of other people around me, I need to be continually filled with him so that I can overflow more. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul says later on to the Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 18, where he uses that same tense for the verb. He writes, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Think about this. If your life is the entry point of the power of the Holy Spirit into this world, if he drenches you so much, which, by the way, is exactly what the word baptised means, which is why the Bible talks about being baptised with the Spirit. If you are soaked full of the Spirit, completely transformed by his presence, then when you're saturated, he's going to overflow out of you into the lives of the people around you. That is very deliberately the picture that the Bible paints. So forget about splitting hairs, about what we call it or when it happens. Let me ask you, are you drenched with the Holy Spirit? Are you continually receiving him into your life so that his goodness and love overflows out of you? Because when we come to the realisation that we are completely helpless to change this world apart from him, then we are absolutely in the right place. We are exactly where Jesus wants us, dry and hungry and thirsty and ready to be filled with the Spirit. If you believe in Jesus, but you feel that dryness and that thirst, I want you to rejoice today and ask the Holy Spirit to drench you, literally, as the Bible says, to baptise you. I'm not talking about any out-of-body experiences here or anything weird. Just a simple prayer for him to fill you afresh today and again tomorrow and again the next day. Because now all of a sudden, your life will be filled with the power to make a difference, a real difference in this world. No, not all of us are called to be national leaders or or hotshot preachers or TV evangelists, whatever. That's not what I mean. Some of you have the gift of compassion pastoral gift that I could never ever have because that's not how God made me and when the Holy Spirit flows out of you 
that gift, your unique gift with which he's blessed you and anointed you, then watch out. Things will start changing in you and around you. God will start making a difference in the world through you. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. Life can be hard work some days. And as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps even when you least expect it. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give to you today? So if you'd like the occasional bit of encouragement to help you live your life in victory, then head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands of people already have. And the most common response? Oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. Okay, let's head straight back into the Word of God. So far on the program today, we've chatted about what I believe are the two most powerful things that you and I can do to make a difference in this world. The first is to pray, because when we pray, we're joining hands with God to get His will happening here on earth, just as it does in heaven. Isn't that how Jesus taught us to pray? And the second is to live a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit, not with the rubbish that this world dishes up to us. Have a listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote about that very thing to his friends in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 5, 18 to 20. Don't get drunk with wine, because that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we talked about before the break. The tense of the verb, the original Greek word used there by Paul, which we translated as filled, literally means go on being filled by the Holy Spirit. Because when we live a life that's based on prayer, the sort of prayer backed by a faith that knows that God's in control, and when we live the Spirit-filled life that the Bible commands us to live, then our lives are going to weigh in and count for Jesus in a whole new way. Holiness, which is what the Holy Spirit progressively brings into our lives as he transforms us from glory to glory. Holiness is the most powerful form of mission to a lost and hurting world that you will ever find because it proclaims Christ through your life. It speaks of the authenticity of Jesus in your life and into this world and it prepares people to receive the good news into their hearts. And the more people who receive Jesus, the more this world is going to change and the more the will of God is going to get done here on this earth as it is in heaven. Amen? But, and of course there's always a but, isn't there? But at some point, those people out there who have never accepted Jesus, they have to hear the good news. 
They need to hear the story. They need to hear the word of God. By and large, people don't become Christians via osmosis. That's not to say that God doesn't do some totally mind-blowing and amazing things. So many Muslims are coming to faith in Christ now, and many, many report having seen Jesus in a dream. Jesus does break through powerfully as and when he needs to. But more often than not, much more commonly, he speaks through other people. Most people in this world are completely ignorant about the Bible, about Jesus, about what he promises and the new eternal life that he offers as the free gift of grace. Oh, they think they know, but most often their understanding is that if you follow a whole bunch of rules, participate in a whole bunch of rituals and live basically a good life, hey, you're in. Heaven is assured. Well, sort of. Maybe. That's the gospel of this world. And it's a false gospel because it completely misses the point of grace, the free gift of eternal life that comes through Christ alone. That's why the Apostle Paul writes this to his friends in Rome, Romans chapter 10, verses 12 to 17. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is the Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved." But how are they to call on one in whom they have never believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not all have obeyed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So, faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. So people need to be told the good news. Someone has to actually tell them. Now, I'm a preacher, so my tendency is to want to kind of race out there and tell the people I know about Jesus. But who wants some Bible-bashing guy that you want to run away and hide from as a friend? You get my point, don't you? So how does that work? Do we tell people about Jesus or don't we? And if we do, when should we and how should we? And what if they reject us or laugh at us or, you know, think less of us? This series of messages that we're in at the moment is called When the Lion Roars, referring to the Jesus in Revelation chapter 5, where he is referred to as the Lion of Judah. See, one day each one of us will be subjected to his judgment as every knee in heaven and on earth will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Those people who we love, those people who are our friends, even our enemies, will each stand before Christ in judgment, as will you and I. And the only question will be, do you believe in Jesus or not? Everybody's eternity hangs on the yay or nay answer to that question. So at some point, they need to hear about Jesus, but how? That's why we first talked about prayer and the spirit-filled life, before talking about this subject of actually telling people about Jesus. Sure, if you and I want to make a real difference in this world, if we want to see lives saved and communities transformed and ultimately nations at peace, we all need to tell others about Jesus. But unless the Holy Spirit has gone ahead of us, it will be a complete waste of time. That's where prayer is so important. You may have heard me once or twice in the past tell you about a couple who prayed eight years for me to come to Christ. Ultimately, the Lord brought about the impossible circumstances that were required for that to happen. But prayer is what brought me to that point. And then, led by the Holy Spirit, those same people shared their faith with me. Prayer, the work of the Spirit, and timing. 18 years. That's amazing. That's amazing patience. 
We're not all called to tell every person we meet about Jesus. Perhaps God will use my prayer in that person's salvation, and in another person's life, maybe some impact from my life. And then he'll use your prayer and your spirit-filled life in different ways in other people's lives. And as we pray and as we're led by the Spirit, eventually he will bring us to what is, for many Christians, a fearful place of telling maybe one or two or three or ten people about Jesus. And at that point, we so need the grace and the sensitivity and the courage of the Holy Spirit because it is only he that can reveal God to another, not you or me. Here is what the Apostle Paul prayed for and asked others to pray for in the face of much persecution and opposition in proclaiming Christ. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 20 and 21. Paul said, Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. Yeah, sharing the good news of Jesus with someone needs to be preceded by much prayer, and yes, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit, but at some point, it's time for us to stand up and be counted. At some point, it's time for us to lay everything on the line. Our reputation, the risk of being sneered at, the risk of an angry reaction, the risk of rejection, and sometimes even our very lives, in order to tell someone about Jesus. At some point, you and I, if we truly believe in Jesus, if we truly believe that he wants to work through us and for his spirit to overflow out of us into the lives of others, we need to stand up and be counted. Stand up with boldness and have courage to tell them, because unless they hear about him, how can they believe in the one of whom they've never heard? This Christianity Works program is sharing the powerful, practical Word of God with so many people in over 160 countries around the world. But that's only made possible through the generous support of friends just like you. Each dollar that you give today will grow to reach nearly 3,000 people with a gospel message. Incredible! That means that a gift today of just $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. Securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, two things. Firstly, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I've been telling you about. It's only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Secondly, we would love to pray for you. Absolutely. Just click on the powerful prayer tile at the bottom of the homepage. Again, that's all at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.